Yoni, thank you so much for, for making time to chat with me all the way from New Jersey, man. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of handball straight to you and ask you, you know, to introduce yourself, who you are, who's Gatita, um, and yeah, just tell us a bit about yourself. You got it. So first of all, thank you so much, James, for having me uh, on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's an honor. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, so my name is Yoni Mazur. I'm one of the co-founders and uh, chief growth officers uh officer is not uh, multiple just one growth uh chief growth officer of gatita um so gatita essentially we're a technology company and our mission is to help amazon fba sellers get the maximum fba reimbursements that they're eligible to receive so typically what happens is an amazon seller connects to gatita where our technology is able to go back on their data about 18 months with all the fba transactions so any of the inventory that gets lost or damaged or destroyed disappeared dispose or overcharge with fees, our technology catches the issue. But then we also have a, a, a team of claim specialists. A big part of them are former Amazon employees we used to work in Amazon in the FBA reimbursements department. And they manage all the back and forth with Amazon until there's a resolution. For example, if they lost your inventory and uh, our technology catches that, our team opens a case and Amazon takes a look and investigates and finds the inventory. It's all great. Resolved. If they don't find the inventory and that missing inventory is eligible for reimbursement, Amazon will then uh, provide a reimbursement. And only if they do, uh, only if there's a recovery, we charge a fee. We charge a 25% fee. Uh, besides that, it's there's no other fees, no subscription. It's free to join. It's free to stay. We only charge a fee based on recovery. Um, and today, we're the largest organization in the world dedicated just for this mission, right? The mission of Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements. We have a global team in six countries of about 116 people as of today. And um, that's it. That's kind of a little bit about myself, uh, what we do, the mission, the purpose, and the scope. Awesome. Now that all makes sense. That all makes total sense. And I can see how you guys add a ton of value for sellers. But um, I just wanted to segue into uh, the most recent thing, which is we were both at Prosper, right? So um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what did you take away from that? You know, any new learnings, any new ideas? Keen to hear your thinking. Yeah. So over the years, what I see the in Prosper, it's funny because the first Prosper show was in 2016. It was in Utah, actually. And then uh, the next year was in Las Vegas, and since then it stayed. Um, and the first, you know, the two, the first year of 2016, a lot of the sellers were resellers. They're just reselling big brands, you know, Nike, Adidas, Casio, whatever, all these brands. And over the years, the trend is definitely uh, pivoting towards the private label sellers. So back in 2016, it was more like, okay, we're pricing wars, sourcing, um, you know, fast forward six years in 2022, branding. You know, uh, uh, sourcing for your own brand, not sourcing from uh, distributors and brokers and, and, and the following. So uh, I would say like probably the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of the, the sellers that came in, you know, 70, 80 percent of them are all, all into private label. And um, they're really creating a valuable business. They're really focused on that. Right. Having a brand, a brand identity, you know, recognition by consumers on Amazon, off Amazon. It could be your Shopify, it could be Walmart. So. There's more sprouts of other marketplaces, more awareness. Even though the Prosper Show is the main show for Amazon sellers, there's definitely more awareness and focus on having brands that are definitely active on Amazon because it's just a beast you cannot ignore, but also being open to other marketplaces on a domestic American level, but also on a global level. Right? You also have uh, you know global marketplaces uh, that uh, are on top of mind for many of the uh, sellers. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the nuances that I've seen over the years. Uh, but it's always a, a magic show in terms of networking, realizing like new you know players that are out there that are doing you know good solution providers. On because I just want to explain a little bit on the show. The show there's pretty much two places: the exhibition hall when you have all these solution providers with you know exhibiting their their software, their tools, their services. 
which is cool because it, it was bigger than ever. This year, I think there was more than 160 of them. And the first posture sport, there's maybe half a dozen. It shows you, boom, the impact over the years. But then, of course, you have the tracks of all the presentations and all the 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 the, the you know the speeches and the actual conference. And it has its own tracks. One track is about advertising. The other one is about sourcing. The other one is logistics. So you have all these um, you know industry leaders uh, uh, presenting and talking about it and, and, and the sellers taking notes and asking questions and interacting. So all of that is a beautiful myriad of, of all the things that an industry, which is very uh, fast growing, kind of needs at this point to keep on growing and, and uh, you know, keep fertilizing itself. Yeah, no, that all makes sense. And I think, uh, you know, you've just sold me on uh, returning to Prosper in 2023. <laughs> it's not just to see you. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I know that you're a global man. Like, I know you and Aiton have just come back from the UK as well and, and for another Amazon thing. And I just wanted to ask as well, like, what's your... You know, given that you're in so many places, you work with so many sellers, you're aware of like the multi-channel thing. What are your predictions for 2022? Like you just, you touched on what you're seeing now, but what do you think we'll see change or coming around the corner for this year? Got it. So I think we had a few, a few good years of uh, hyper growth run and things was just working all around. But now this is the year of challenges, 2022, and, and especially on the operational level, you know, global supply chain has took a major hit. You know, things are not as easy to source as used to be. There's a lot of you know, late shipments and you get late shipments, you can't restock on time, you're losing rank. How do you solve these issues, these problems? So you have to really vividly, uh, you know, focus operationally on uh, not even growing, more like even maintaining or surviving for some of them, for some of these ASINs, some of these products, some of these listings, okay? Um, and of course, that also affects launching. You know, you can't launch and be successful as quickly, right? Because you expected your inventory to be there within three weeks, now it takes uh, six or nine weeks. Right? These things kind of slow down the whole projections for everybody. So it'll be interesting to see how you know sellers survive this all these uh, global uh, supply uh, challenges and inflation. You know, everything is becoming higher to, to source and right the cost of shipping, the cost of the fat manufacturing, the cost of labor all around the world, also in the United States. So, but you are in a marketplace where it's a, uh, it's it's in a race down, right? It's in the race at the bottom. So how do you how do you what do you do? How do you survive this? You know. On the marketplace, you got to keep your, your cost low to stay competitive and keep your rank. But everything else is around you. All these costs are raising. So what is the breaking point where a lot of the sellers start to raise their prices according to inflation and give up to the global trend of the economy of inflation? So inflation and global supply chain operations, this is the year that will require a lot of focus from the sellers. And it's going to be survival of the fit uh, or the fittest. And we'll see how that plays out. On that, that's a, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, just on that thing, so survival of the fittest, like what what do you think will, will separate the, the fit from the unfit? Like is there a key thing, you know, you're saying, um, you know, perhaps it's uh, capturing reimbursements, but, uh, you know, what, what's the key <laughs> differentiator there? Yeah, the reimbursements, yeah, it's a, it's a low-hanging fruit for me. I'd rather try to climb higher for you guys. So uh, honestly, it's uh, grit. You know, that grit, that, that drive that creates a really good sustainable Amazon seller business is that all these scratches that come at you, you're, I don't say immune, but you get scratched, you bleed even, but you're able to really patch it up, take care of it, nourish it, and keep growing. So it doesn't really ruin you or kill you. Uh, so I think grit, focus, hard focus on the numbers, doing above and beyond for your business and for your organization to really survive these things. Uh, you do by networking, reaching out, just hustling. The hustle is real. So even these big, big organizations called aggregators that raise billions of dollars worth of money to buy all these brands and now they have a portfolio of brands, now they're they're hustling hard. It's They're working. And it was very, very romantic in the past two, three years, buying, 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 and everything is kind of working out almost on auto, autopilot. But now 
the pilots are, you know, on the steering wheel and trying to, you know, make sure everything lands properly or you know, climb, keep climbing up. So this is kind of that moment. That's what's happening. And, uh, well, well, you know, you, you need to know how to fly this vessel manually instead of uh, the autopilot mode that most of them or a lot of them had, uh, you know, the, the past years. Yeah, it's a very, uh, you, you know, you, um, you articulate that in a very colorful way, Yoni. So, uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I had, but I guess it's into my next question, though. Um, you know, you touched on Walmart and Shopify before. Like, what's your thinking on this? Like, do you think that's a real value add or do you think it's just an unnecessary distraction? Like, what's your take on that? Honestly, I think it depends on the resources that are available for the seller. If it's a dream for you, and you don't have enough time for it, and the time you have, you, you could be spending it on developing an Amazon and growing there, you should do that. But if you feel like, you know, on an Amazon, you kind of maxed out almost, you know? So then you have a point where, okay, let's say you're selling just on Amazon US, you maxed out, you you, you tried every other nozzle to, to, to keep it rising, but it's kind of stable. It's not really going anywhere. Then you have a few options to grow. A, you can grow within Amazon internationally. You can hit Canada, you can hit Mexico, UK, uh, or EU. That's fine, that's its own discussion. But then, like you mentioned, you have Shopify, create your own website. It's probably needed. If you have your own brand, you need it anyways. You need it for warranty, for interaction. If you really think yourself as a brand, okay, you put it there. You don't have to invest too much even in advertising it, but you just need to have it, right? Uh, I think also it reflects very well for you on Amazon. So Amazon sees your real brand with the real website and address and everything. That's also good. That's on the Shopify side of things. But um, like I said, when you kind of feel you maxed out on that channel and you have available resources of time to do more things, then you plant those seeds in Shopify and Walmart and eBay. Uh, there's uh, what's it over there in Europe? You know better than me. Um, C Mart. What's it called over there in, in C France? Discount. C discount. C discount. And mm. then you have, uh, I don't know, you can spin it around for me. But yeah, just if you have reached out to Max and you have available resources of time, you plant the seeds. I'm not saying go grow a whole forest right away, but plant a few seeds, water them over time and see if it, where it takes you. Yeah, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, final question for you, Yoni. Um, Top tip for the year, just one thing. Like if you're a brand, just what is the one thing you would say, you know, they'd need to do or think about doing ASAP? Just I think the, the biggest tip I usually like to give is just it's the mindset tip. Realize that you're a professional. This is a profession. There's not going to be one thing that's going to make a whole difference, you know, a big difference in your business. It used to be in those days, a little hacks and this and that. It's the mindset that this is your profession, much like a brain surgeon. Right, you have to be focused on what you do and how you do it. And you were not created a, a brain surgeon. You have to kind of develop those skills over time. So as long as you know I'm going to be a brain surgeon, meaning I'm going to be a professional at this industry, you're going to keep growing and learning to those degrees. So anything you and your team can pick up on uh, and, and get to those degrees where you really are deep into the mix and you you know all the ins and outs and and you're ready for them, all these challenges, and you really have the power to make things grow. Uh, that's going to take you a very long way. If you're kind of trying to doing everything on the side, a four-hour work week and this and that, uh, you know, it's a lifestyle thing. It might work out. I'm not saying it's not. But if you really want, the, the statistically speaking, the, 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 the odds at your favor, make that switch. I'm a professional. Put as much time and attention and creativity, you and your team and your organization around it. Good chance you have a much better chance to succeed than others who kind of put it as a side thing, side hustle, lifestyle business kind of thing. Yeah, it makes sense. And again, a very, um, very pragmatic business business uh, uh, tip there. But um, but look, man, you, you, clearly you've uh, I've I've taken picked your brain for for the last fifteen minutes, and I know you and I want to get this on as many channels as possible. So I'll leave it there. But look, thanks thanks for making time, and and I'm sure we'll we'll do this again, and and hopefully meet again uh, in person in Australia, man. So thank you. 
Got Willing, Australia. I'm really looking forward.